Before history is written, it's played. Before it's frozen in time, it's fought one shift at a time. Before it's etched in silver, it's carved in ice. What happens next will last forever. The Stanley Cup Final on ABC and ESPN Plus begins Saturday. Welcome to another edition of the Gold Nose Podcast. I am your host, Gregory McCoy. This podcast is by a fan for fans. I'm, I am not a journalist. I am not a reporter. I am not an insider. I do not work for a website. The majority of my content comes from me, in my opinion. Other information comes off the internet. Today is December 30th, 2019. And this is episode number 30. I got a couple of different topics I wanted to talk about today. And I'm going to start out with a what if we had a new overtime format. Um, I'm really big on preventing injuries, in particular head injuries. And, you know, we see we seen a game last season go like six or seven overtimes. I want to say it was between Texas A&M and LSU. Um, as thrilling as that game was and as fun as that game was to watch. I mean, the longer a game goes, the higher risk for injury it is. Um, so this is my proposal to... Um, still have a thrilling uh, overtime format but reduce the injuries so let me tell you what I got Um, in college football the current overtime format is okay but I propose a new format to preserve health usually the healthiest player on the team is the kicker so instead of the current format do it like soccer and kick field goals um, after um, regulation um, with or without players on the field to defend it. Really doesn't matter to me if you do that or not. Um, start at the 25 yard line, move it back if both kickers hit their field goals. Um, it doesn't matter to me five yards, 10 yards, however you want to do it. Um, If both kickers keep hitting field goals, keep doing it until someone misses. No collisions, no injuries, no concussions. Health is preserved. Most of your football purists will hate this. I think it's innovative. And finally, the kicker does some meaningful football stuff. If both kickers miss in the same round of field goal attempts, the first one to hit a field goal after that from the missed position wins the game. No T, there must be a holder, no doctored up footballs. I think this would be, you know, I mean, this would be crazy. After regulation, you go to basically uh, field goals to win the game. I mean, I love it. And then you finally put more pressure on the kicker. I mean, the least used 
the kicker and the punter are the most least used players on the team, in my opinion. Um, so this would be a great and innovative way to, um, you know, preserve health. Um, so let me know what you think about that. Um, my second thing that I wanted to talk about is the rise of the Clemson Tigers. Um, I seen it coming, you know, six, seven years ago when they was getting certain players. I knew then that, hey, this team is coming, man. I can just see they not playing no games no more. So, um, this is what I wrote about that. The rise of the Clemson Tigers from a decent program to juggernaut, it all started to turn when Clemson switched from Tommy Bowden to unknown Dabo Sweeney. His annoying enthusiasm and contagious is contagious to players, recruits, and coaches. When they started getting players like C.J. Spiller, Sammy Watkins, Vic Beasley, and Deshaun Watson, that's when I knew Clemson was going to be a problem. Slowly from 2009 until now, they built their program. We all know that everyone pays for recruits, so I think the money amongst the elite programs is all relative. So it basically comes down to coaching and can you get me to the NFL in the first round. Clemson is a factory now. Uh, I write all of this to say that FSU needs to follow this blueprint in order to come back to elite status. I think Norvell can do it. He has to get the offensive line and defensive line right first. Um, I think pretty much since I've started this podcast, I've been putting emphasis on offensive and defensive line play and getting a competent quarterback that can process information very quickly. Um, if Norvell can do that and come out and win, you know, eight or nine games his first year, I mean, this thing is going to take off, man. Um, And then, you know, we can finally um, challenge Clemson because, you know, based on their last couple of recruiting classes, there's no end in sight for the next two or three years. You know, it's going to take at least that long for for, uh, Florida State to be competitive with them, and that's getting guys, that's being in the top five and recruiting and getting – elite guys on the offensive and defensive line. Um, I've liked what they've done at linebacker and defensive back. And um, they just need to get more playmakers at wide receiver and, you know, more cerebral quarterbacks. And then maybe we can be back on our way, man. Um, but, you know, when even when Clemson was getting – good great running backs and great great wide receivers you know they weren't getting elite players on defense now they're getting elite players on defense at every position you know they would get a guy here and there a linebacker a defensive end but now it's every position they're getting you know elite players so hey man i i can't do i can't do anything but tip my hat to them man i'm not gonna sit here and hate on them Whatever they doing, they doing it better than us. And we need to step our game up. 
from from every aspect facilities recruiting on the field coaching and maybe we can get back um maybe we can get back um two players i wanted to highlight today um and you know these guys uh this guy aj lighton he played a little bit as a freshman he hasn't really played this year as a sophomore and to in my opinion he's one of the better dbs on this team you know i i, I just don't see how Stanford Samuels and Asante Samuel is getting all this publicity for being good corners. They suck. Is anybody else watching the film? Is anybody else watching the film, man? Because I, I just don't see how these guys are getting the 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 positive feedback that you know that they're getting. Okay, I think there's better DBs than the ones that were starting. AJ Lightning is better than Asante Samuel. I'm sorry. So this is what I wrote about AJ Lightning. Very athletic. Closes on the ball very well. Good speed. Will hit anyone. Good jumping ability. Backpedal and redirect. Needs work. He's a good DB. Needs to study film. Needs to get stronger. He's better than most of the DBs we have on the roster. NFL comparison Jair Alexander for the Green Bay Packers is he he he's like you know a duplicate of Jair Alexander plays just like him same same athletic ability basically the same height same build um AJ Lighton is a player man you go back and look at his tape from his freshman year and his uh I even looked at some of his high school stuff he can locate the ball in the air, rarely gets called for pass interference. You know, I don't know what the problem is. I, I don't know what Harlan Barnett was looking at. You know, how do you think that? <laughs> I don't know, man. Stanford Samuels the third has been cinnamon toast crunch his whole career. So then I got another offensive guy to me that's in the same category. Um uh, Jordan Young, the wide receiver. Um, big guy, 6'2", 192. Okay? Um, this guy can play. Why hasn't he been on the field? Fast, athletic, he can catch. What was wrong with the previous staff? Runs good routes, good jumping ability. He needs, uh, he's got to play in the Sun Bowl. I got to see this guy, man. This, this guy's, I mean, <laughs> ball skills are crazy. Runs runs great routes. I mean, he can he jumps over defenders to catch the ball. He, I mean, I don't understand it. Um, my NFL comp uh, for him is Keenan Allen from the Los Angeles Chargers. Now, Keenan Allen's a little bit bigger than him, but not by much, um, 10, 15 pounds. Um, you got to keep in mind, Jordan Young is, what, 19 years old? Keenan Allen is like almost 30. So, um, I, I, I hope Jordan Young plays and plays a lot in this game. 
And I just, I, I, I'm dying to see these young guys play, man. You can't just <laughs> keep marching, you know. Who besides Tamori and Terry has really done anything from the receiving position, wide receiver position, you know, to deserve playing time and keep this guy Jordan Young off the field? No one, in my opinion. So, hopefully he plays and hopefully he plays well, man. Um, next, I wanted to always try to do like a top 10. And today's top 10 is going to be the top 10 sleeping giants in college football. And first, I'll start with the honorable mention. Um, And... Two of these teams are not really sleeping giants. They've had some success recently. But um, I think if they could ever get the right coach there, and they've had a couple of good coaches, but they went on to pursue other jobs. If they could get the right coach and stay there, they could be tremendous. And that's going to be Central Florida and South Florida. Um uh, South Florida has Jeff Scott, so I think they're going to be on the way back. And UCF, Central Florida, they fell off this year because um, they didn't have their quarterback got hurt last year. And then the guy who transferred in for Notre Dame, he pretty much sucked. So they got to get that quarterback situation fixed, and I think they can be back. Um, the AAC um, the American Athletic Conference, they're underrated, man. They don't get enough credit. Um, my other two for honorable mention is Virginia and UNLV. Um, if UNLV could ever get a good coach, you know, there's so much talent that comes out of the uh, state of Nevada that, you know, it just goes to either Pac-12 schools or, you know, the SEC will come in there and swoop them up. Or Miami has a couple of um, Las Vegas guys on their roster. So, um, I think those four, are, you know, were my honorable mention or are my honorable mention for Sleeping Giants. Now my top ten. Number ten, Louisiana Tech. You just seen them blank Miami a few days ago. <laughs> Number nine, Hawaii. June Jones had some success there several years ago. So you can win in Hawaii, man. Great location. You just need a coach. Rutgers. Um, you seen the uh previous coach, he's back now. So I expect Rutgers to corral the, that talent in New Jersey um and get back to what they was before. Uh that's number eight. Hawaii what Number 10, Louisiana Tech. Number 9, Hawaii. Number 8, Rutgers. So number 7 is going to be Maryland. Um, Florida State had a pipeline to the DMV area. Um, Maryland is slowly keeping some of their guys there in that area. Um, I hope that the new coaching staff can reestablish that pipeline to that area. Um, We have several guys on the roster. Most notably, uh, E.J. Manuel, Derek Nandi. Um, but I think Maryland is a sleeping giant. Number six, 
South Carolina. If you can win at Clemson, you can win at South Carolina. It's all about the coach. Luke Holtz did it. Steve Spurrier did it. I don't know if Will Muschamp is the right guy for the job, but if you can win at Clemson, you can win at South Carolina. Houston, number five. South Carolina was number six. Now Houston is number five. Um, I mean, I think you can win at any school in Texas. There's tons of talent that falls through the cracks in Texas. So any school in Texas, to me, is a sleeping giant. Okay? But I put Houston at number five. Number four, Georgia Tech. Same thing I said previously. Um, So much talent falls through the cracks in the state of Georgia. You know, Florida State gets a lot of that South Georgia talent. Like I said, if you could ever get a competent head coach at Georgia Tech, um, they're a sleeping giant. Same thing with the next one, number three. Georgia Tech was number four. This is number three. Uh, California, Golden Bears. You look, big-time schools, elite schools come and raid that state. I mean, pretty much on a regular basis now. So if they could ever get a coach that could corral some of that talent, sleeping giant. Number two, Pittsburgh. Um, You know, they ain't really been great since uh, Larry Fitzgerald, Dan Marino, just to name a few. But um, Pittsburgh, you know, that area up there, Michigan, Pittsburgh, Ohio. I mean, it's so much talent that just goes to the big schools like Notre Dame, Michigan, and Ohio State. If Pittsburgh could ever get a coach in there that could recruit, they could do something too. And that was number two. Number one, and I think this is the biggest sleeping giant on the list, in my opinion, San Diego State University. If you've never been to San Diego, man, it's a great location. It recruits itself. All you need is a competent head coach, but they went 9-3 and three this year. Like I said, if you could ever get a big-name coach out to San Diego State University, watch out. Um, I felt like the Pac-12 should have added San Diego State University instead of Utah. Bigger media mar- market, um, bigger city, um, but they went with Utah. Um, so, like I said, if you could ever get a big-name coach out there, I think this would be like a no-brainer. All right, so that's going to do it for this episode. Um, I want to thank everyone for supporting this podcast. I really appreciate it. YouTube, please subscribe. Hit the notifications button. Apple Podcasts, rate, review, subscribe. Spotify, rate, review, subscribe. And Google, rate, review, subscribe. Thank you for the continued support. And go Knowles.